Hello everyone, this is Pastor Sid coming to you from my home today on this Memorial Day weekend and we want to uh, take a moment to remember all of the fallen soldiers. Memorial Day weekend is about those who have died in service to their country. Veterans Day is to remember all who have served. So we remember those who have given their lives in, in service to their country particularly our country, the United States, uh, this weekend. It's more than a barbecue. Um, it's an old quote that's been used a number of times. It's been attributed to uh, Harry Truman and others, but freedom is not free. And so with all of the faults and all of the issues to go with being uh, a country and the ideas of war and what have you, we struggle with those things but we can't hold that against those who've answered their call. Um, we pray God would bless their spirits and light would be upon them and the hearts and, of those who um, have lost loved ones uh, throughout the years. And so we're grateful to live in a nation where we do have a voice, we do have the ability to vote. Uh, it's not a perfect system, we want to keep moving to a more perfect union, and that's what we have been evolving toward and sometimes steps backward. Uh, and the norms have changed a great deal over uh, periods of time. So be grateful. And other countries are just as wonderful and they love their countries just as much. Their skies are just as blue. But we remember those who have given their lives for us this weekend. Now, I want to read to you from the Gospel of Jesus Christ according to St. Luke on this Ascension Sunday. Uh, it's not exactly Ascension Day. It was a couple of days ago, but the 40th day from Easter is the Ascension of the Lord. Reading from chapter 24, may Christ be in our thinking and our speaking and in our hearts. Then he said to them, Jesus speaking, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them thus it is written that the messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from jerusalem you are all witnesses to these things and see i am sending you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out to Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continuously in the temple blessing God. And Luke, Dr. Luke the physician, 
also wrote uh, most of the acts. Um, and so he starts in uh, the book of Acts in the first chapter with a little bit of a review. As a teacher, I can understand that, and a preacher. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After suffering, he presented himself alive to them by uh, many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there, to wait there for the promise of the Father. This is said is what you have heard from me. For John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, with my presence, not many days from now. So when they had come together, he asked them, Lord, is this the time, some asked, when we will restore the kingdom or you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight, while he was going on, they were gazing up toward heaven. Suddenly, two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God may Christ be in our thinking and in our speaking and in our hearts. Thanks be to God. Well, a couple of things I want us to talk about today, briefly. We want to talk about what it means in these times or any time, but I've really been focusing on what we as Christians and what we as the church and what we as individuals uh, should be learning and have been learning during this particular time of history. Times change. I read a lot of stuff on Facebook and people make comments and I shake my head and I guess you probably do the same thing with some of the things that maybe I say, but that's everybody's... Uh, opinion and have the right to think as they do. But folks, please, let's try to be intelligent and use our reason and logic and come to the best conclusions that we can when we're talking about all of this and about scriptures and what God is doing in our lives. I think in many ways what God is doing uh, during this time uh, is, is allowing us an opportunity to search our hearts to become better people, become better human beings. Just think, the disciples who have been with Jesus, they were 
kind of jacked up as a friend of mine said, eh, all kind of issues. They, Jesus called them, they followed them, they saw people raised from the dead, healed, blinded eyes open, lepers cleansed, folks raised from the dead, multitudes fed, and then they saw their Savior betrayed, beaten, crucified, and then saw him after he was raised from the dead 40 days, some odd from then he told them that he was going to ascend. It's his time to go to his father. And they wanted Israel to be restored, but Jesus kind of gave them a shot. He had already told them that my kingdom is not of this world, that there was something new coming, a new norm a new mission. And he said, what you got to do is to go and pray and wait and listen and be ready to act and become witnesses. Now, what they didn't realize, part, most of them would, uh, not all of the disciples, but many of the original and the apostles would be martyred, or all of them, in fact, would be martyred. That would be their witness. Many disciples, many early Christians were martyred. So we think, well, is this the type of martyrdom that is going on? I don't know. Is this the type of punishment that's going on? I don't think so. Is it an opportunity to learn? I truly believe so. I think that we, as people of faith, are given an opportunity to hear the Word of God, to hear the Spirit of God, to be filled with the Spirit of God. And we got to learn, and then we've been talking about it, there's a process of doing that reflection, uh, changing our minds, renewing our minds, understanding the world in which we live in. The church must be relevant in every age God doesn't change, but God does change his activity. Reverend John Swales, one of my professors, used to say that all the time. Prayer doesn't change God. The times do not change God. But God does change his activity or God's activity in us and through us into this world. If you don't believe it, you go back and look in history. You look at all the changes. God was doing different things all through generations. Our norms have changed many times. Our cultures have changed many times. And they're continuing to evolve. Does that mean that God has changed? No. That means we're changing. If God was going to make us just perfect and have all understanding, that would have been done instantly. But he gave us a mind and gave us the ability to reason and think. And not everybody sees things the way that the other guy or gal sees it. We... We don't always agree, but what we are doing is evolving as we go. I was reading something about churches in Brooklyn, so many buildings that used to be these beautiful sanctuaries and just beautiful buildings that have been torn down, sold, and other uh, 
uh, developments have come there. And, uh, and the question is asked, what happened to those churches? And I thought the same thing. I see it in Atlanta uh, and all around these big, beautiful, I can think of one right now, that was uh, just beautiful church. It was one of our Methodist churches. And, I, and, and it was sold and just torn down and developed there for housing. And I'm like, wow. Some of those buildings in Brooklyn are being used for different reasons. And, but what's happening to the church? Why aren't we relevant? Well, I think maybe God has uh, put this in this time and we're being interviewed, so to speak. What are we going to do for our time? How are we going to respond to our new times? Will it go back to being exactly the way it was? Maybe. I don't know. Will it always be something different? I do believe that. I think that there will be new norms, and that's not abnormal. That is consistent with history. So, I, was, I love to read Brett Blair and King Duncan and Leonard Sweet and and. You know, they give a lot of good illustrations. I, I used to love Robert Schuler. I think back of things that Dr. Doug Beecham said back when I was in college studying scripture. Others, there's so many I could name. Uh, pastors that I had, Dave, Reverend David Negley was my first uh, pastor in the United Methodist Church. Great man, recently retired. He was, he was a district superintendent on the cabinet and went back pastor. Very creative, but he used to use a lot of illustrations about his Kamagia. We uh, worked on that and little car, and there was always something that related to his family. <clears throat> he had great illustrations for children time. He had the little bag, and they were supposed to guess what was in the bag, and he pulled things out of the bag and give a story about it. I remember his last children's sermon at the First Methodist Church in Barnesville, he opened the bag and he pulled out these old used tennis shoes. And he said, I bought these shoes when I came to Barnesville as pastor. I guess it had been five years at that point. They were brand new then. But you can see they've really been worn and used. They've changed and they've served a purpose. David would probably be surprised that I remember that. There's a lot of things I remember the man said because I was going through a great transition in my own life during that time. My shoes have changed. I, I said my shoes have changed because God has been taking me through a new journey. And it took me time to get there. And I'm not done yet. And you're not done yet. Dr. Lumpkin, who was another favorite Methodist pastor of mine in Griffin First, used special uh, humor and uh, homespun stories to get a point across. And he often would tell us these stories about he and uh, Miss Lily May's wife, I call her Reverend Mother, and things that they experienced in their lives. And he made humorous stories. And as uh, Reverend Mother often said that he never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> and so, so sometimes we, you know, exaggerate in our illustrations or whatever in our stories, or we 
you know, we might change them a little bit to make a point. But God wants us to see that God's doing something special with us. And Jesus wanted his disciples to see that he is going to do something new with them. They wanted the restoration of Israel as the kingdom and to run the Romans out of town. But Jesus said, that's not up for you to decide. My kingdom is not of this world. You go and pray and you wait and you tarry and you do what you need to do. And they went to the temple and praised God and in the upper room and on the day of Pentecost, what we'll talk about uh, next week, the spirit came and the church exploded and people were there from all over the world celebrating and heard the gospel in their own language through the power of the Spirit and took it back to all the corners of the world, fulfilling what Jesus has said, go to all the world, teach him all the things that I have told you, observing the things that I have told you, and to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and make disciples. That happened over 2,000 years ago. And here we are, still changing, seeking to become relevant. And the Spirit uses us in different ways. And if you don't think things have changed, the norms have changed, society's norms have changed, the church's norms have changed, you are living under a bridge or something, not even under a bridge, you're under the covers or your eyes closed. I mean, it's... It's terrible, and unfortunately, there are people living under bridges who don't have homes. There are people that are poor, and the church is not doing what it ought to do to help the poor, to, to bring about social justice, to change our hearts. I, we've changed our lifestyles in many ways through time, we, but we still see so many, you know, racial uh, injustice and social injustice and prejudice and bigotry. And we still need to move forward. Jesus said, go and wait and pray and then you act and you move in power. Move in the presence of the Spirit. Move with peace. Move with purpose. And so we've got to decide what our purpose is. Someone I was reading mentioned that in an interview, someone was asked what their, if they could be a superhero, who would it be and what would their superpower be? Well, there's a lot of them now. You talk about evolving, there's more superheroes and more movies and whatever about the, all those folks. That, you know, if you, if you want to be Spider-Man or Thor or have his hammer or, or uh, the Invisible Man, that's one I always like because, you know, you could kind of know what was going on all the time without people knowing that you knew it. <laughs> but there's a lot of things, and God gives us these extraordinary gifts, takes ordinary people to do extraordinary things. We're all superheroes. We are God's people, God's disciples to change the world, God's agents. Availability is what it takes in, in obedience. We get hung up on things. We get hung up on scriptures. We get hung up on uh, social issues and political issues. 
But Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself and you fulfill all this, everything in the Gospels and in the Old Testament and the Law and the Prophets all hinge on this commandment. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. So when we come out, as we're slowly coming out of this uh, isolation and the economy is opening back up and churches will be uh, opening up soon, maybe we'll be back in our building, maybe at the end of June or, or in July. I hope that we continue to reach out because I think people are hearing the, these messages that have never been in the buildings. I'm not saying God caused all of this, but God uses the time, redeems the time to use for God's purposes. Are we willing to be used? He says, pray, wait, be endued with power, then act, hear my voice. Go out to all the world around you, Jerusalem. Go out into Judea. Go out into Samaria, where you're not really uh, that welcome and it's a little dangerous. Go out on the edges of town. Go into those areas. Get to know folks that don't look like you or think like you. And you've got folks in your church. You have people of different political parties. you got Bishop Justin Winley from New York once told me, he said, I have never understood. He told me this and then he preached it because I picked him up at the airport when he came to Emmanuel College. He said, you know, I've just never understood. He was an African-American preacher in, in Harlem. Folks would drive right past and through black neighborhoods, Latino neighborhoods, and go to their churches and never stop in any way to try to reach out to them or poor neighborhoods or whatever. But we'll send millions of dollars to other countries and to, to, which is a good thing, and other missions to reach the same folks in other countries, but we won't do it right outside our door, right around the corner on our way to worship. Shame on us. Jesus says you need to go in there and, and do some praying and some thinking and some reflection because the same Jesus that went away and it's not for us to know the times but it's for us to redeem the times and change our, we say we want change but what kind of change do we want? The change that we want to see is who we need to be. Gandhi said that, Martin Luther King Jr. said, Jesus even said that. We are, the whole principle there, we are, be the change that you want to see. Like the Michael Jackson song, I love that, the, that man in the mirror, that woman in the mirror, that person in the mirror, that person needs to have change in their lives. Sometimes it's a new normal a new norm, a new attitude, a new spirit, a broken heart, and filled and put back together. Oh, we get hung up on semantics, but Dr. Schuler, Robert Schuler, 
when he was on the crystal I loved I loved to hear him. He had positive gospel and one of the things that he said, tough times never last, but tough people do. And he talked about having faith and insight. He said anybody can look at an apple and split it open and count how many seeds are in that apple, but who can predict how many apples are in a seed? We need to be concerned about how many apples are in a seed. What? Is it that God is wanting to multiply and grow and change in this world? Don't be conformed to the mind of this world. Don't, don't be stuck in tradition. Don't be stuck in your own reality. Find what God is doing and get with it. Do we have a monopoly on understanding? None of us do. But if you sit around all day long just trying to fight change and try to fight over semantics and fight over this and over that, listen, pray. Dr. Colbert Melton, who was the president of Emanuel College when I was there and during the election of Bill Clinton and his re-election, Several people drew names and they were going to pray for every candidate in different areas. And that's a conservative college, Christian college. And, and there were people there that just simply did not like my good friend, Bill. <laughs> and he said something extraordinary before he prayed that you cannot Pray sincerely towards someone and continue to feel animosity toward that individual. That was even echoed at his funeral, those words by folks that were speaking. Let me tell you, that's a very, very big, tall order and a bitter pill to swallow. It is for me. I feel animosity toward some of our leaders. I confess that. I feel difficult to pray. I have, as, as a pastor, always called the name of whoever's president and asked God to somehow guide them. Whether I agree with them or not, we should do that. No matter how far off we think they are, we should be praying for them. Our leaders in government, in the church, our bishops, our superintendents, our pastors, our fellow people of faith, folks that are in faith within Christendom and those outside in different faiths, pray for them. Pray for those who don't believe anything. People who have different views. Don't hate them. Don't be what you don't want to see. That's, that's not the Christian way. And it's so easy for us to do that. Jesus said, pray, wait, 
Are you going to pass the interview? Are you going to get the job? Are you going to be like Macbeth and call everything just foolishness and we were idiots and it's all just been a waste? You know, I think not. Our lives should not be wasted. Our efforts are not wasted. God's doing a new thing and has always been doing new things. Think about it. Read your history, read your Bible, read church history, read the, the history of the world, of this country, of other countries. We change. And now is the season of change. And we need to wait on God to be endued from power on high to be what God wants us to be to this world, to be the witnesses of his wonder, his grace, his love, and his continued work in all of us. Eternal God, loving God, who sent your son into the world, we who were waiting for someone to be like us, slobs like us, to be lost like us, to trying to find our way home. In the beginning was your word and the word was with God and the word was God and became flesh and dwelt among us. You became one of us and you showed us how to live in the glory of all that there is of an almighty God and return back to your father. And one day will return to us. And in the in-between times, we wait on you and walk in your spirit and study your word and look to be and seek to be relevant to our generation. God help us. Lord, we pray today for our bishops. I pray for Bishop Sue, very insightful woman. I appreciate her so much. Very, very relevant messages that she gives to us as sheep in her care. Bless her. Bless our leaders, regardless if we agree with everything or not. We pray for President Trump and all of those that are God work a work something in in that administration that would be good and come from you. Guide them, take the take whatever God and use for your glory. Use our governor, use our local leaders. Guide us on how to vote. We get to make those choices. People are not born into a, a dynasty there. We live in a society where we vote. God help there not to be any suppression of voting, that we continue to work to make sure everyone has that wonderful right and to make the right choices. Lord, we in a divided world and a divided country. We see people who are being killed or older ladies that are beaten and young men running down the road. And we don't know all of the facts and we're quick to judge. But one thing I do know, we don't need to be in any circumstance doing any of this stuff. I don't care what color you are, what ethnicity you are, we're supposed to be loving each other and forgiving each other. 
and making a better world. God, help us. Fill us with your presence, with your love and great joy toward one another. Help us to accept each other. Thank you for Dorothy Welch and what you're doing with her and also many that have been struggling and, and bring healing to their bodies, God. And, and those that have lost loved ones from this pandemic, God, comfort them and may your light shine upon the eternal souls of those who have departed from us. Make us, God, what you would have us to be. And as we make decisions on where to go forward and each phase and each direction, may we walk in your time frame and in wisdom. For we ask these things in the name of the Good Shepherd, who taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, forgive our sins, forgive our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us, who sin against us, who are in our debt. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one and open us to love. For thine, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Join with me in this confession of our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, in his only Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. On the third day he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and sat at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And from there he will come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Glory be to the Father. Glory be to the Son. Glory be to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. World without end. World without end. World without end. Amen. Before we leave, I want to remind you, thank you for those who have been sending gifts, some not even associated with Faith United Methodist Church. Thank you. God bless you. Tough times for people and people that have the means to do so. Please help our little church on the hill that we can continue this ministry. I don't want to sound like some uh, evangelist begging for money because believe me, we don't have all of that going on in our little church. we got people who love the Lord and they're doing the best they can. Most are retired, elderly. It's amazing the things they do with 20 people, 25 people. Amazing. Great people. And I love you and miss you all. And I can't wait till we can all get back together. If you will, and if you can, we certainly appreciate your gifts. And I know that God will bless you. He's not going to make you rich. Because you did, they might. But don't count on it. But it'll make you rich in different ways. It'll make you know that you did something for the kingdom of God. 
appreciate Gail Ayers, our wonderful pianist and accompanist. She's the, the accompanist for Woodward Academy Choir, Senior Choir. Very, very, very accomplished and, and gifted. And we thank her. I think we've got some words up on the screen. Remember those this weekend who've given their lives for our, in service to our country and in duty. Until we get to meet again or hear and talk to you again, may the God of all love and grace be with you. May his son, Jesus Christ, who told us to pray and wait and to act in the walk and purpose of peace and to go all the world in the easy places and the not so easy places and the tough places and to be the change that God wants, that we want to see. Because we have been given the wonderful gift of his Holy Spirit, his holy presence with us, always to the end of the age. And we are called to go out and make disciples, students of Jesus Christ and his teachings and to change lives. May that God be with you now and forevermore.